0: this crazy world we live in when people use the word geek it can create certain impressions in reality geek culture has never been more mainstream let's learn about the real people behind the stereotype i'm your super dummy paul this is geek
1: I'm Chris Phelps. I'm one of the co-founders, co-hosts of the Comics in Motion podcast, which is now the Comics in Motion Network, which is growing by the day, week. New shows been added all the time. Which, I, which I've got to give Dave full credit for because this was uh, his baby. The podcast was ours, but we, you know, we do that. We're I'm a co-host of the VHS Strikes Back, and we also do a reality one, which is absolute nonsense and for some bizarre reason is so successful He's called the CD reality cast and Dave's reality cast and we've got a new one where we're doing one about the office uh, the UK season 1 and 2 and all the specials I know a lot have covered it but me and Dave's um, Kindred Spirits, when we were in the band together, that's how we sort of connected with we Talk About The Office. Everyone else in the band was like, it's a load of crap. Don't like. Don't know what it is. Thought it was real. And me and Dave would just be like throwing one-liners out there in practice and at gigs, and it just became like our thing. So like we've always loved Ricky Gervais and stuff. So uh, that's where we got together. So we, we do this one, which we're going to start doing. We, what we're going to do is called Back To The Office. So we're going to release that as a one-shot. Instead of doing a weekly show, The idea is that we're going to try and do them all together and do a Netflix job and see what the score is with it. See how we go with them algorithms and stuff. So we're sort of meandering through recording and we're trying to watch one episode and then record so we don't bleed in to each other. So that's me and my biggest geekdom more than anything, more than podcasting, more than anything I do is video games that is the thing i've played since i was three four years old atari 2600 i'm 42 now and it's not stopping anytime soon i'm surrounded i've got a a man cave when we moved house like seven years ago i had had my own sort of area in the kitchen with such a big kitchen i like a sofa bed consoles and when we moved to the new house i said to my wife sam i said i I want a man cave if we're going to move i want my own room and, and she's, I can see some, she's on the other side of these double doors, but we've literally got mirrored living rooms. So we sit together. But when I want a game, I come in here, I've got a massive cupboard next to me, which is full of, I've got a, a Nintendo section, Xbox, PlayStation, uh, Sega. I've got all the consoles, all the games. I, I build little Raspberry Pi consoles with like the arcade games on, do stuff like I mean It's not, it's not something I do full time like that, but I've built them in the past. I've got xboxes with thousands of arcade games and i've got games consoles controllers all around me gaming pc and this isn't a boasting thing because it's like how much passionate i am about gaming um i mean i've got a joker picture right in front of me Heath fled your so serious so there is the, there is the geek stuff to it like the, the the comic book narrative but as a i'm a superhero movie tv fan not a comic book fan but all the latest consoles come out and i'm Hunting them down for friends, family. One of my friends today, he's got a PS5. I bought it from yesterday because you can't get them anywhere. And I've scalped to stop the scalpers who were just raiding everybody from getting them. I've I've done my small wins since November when I got mine on release. I've got about half a dozen PS5s and about five or six Xboxes because I have different things and apps just to try and snag them for my friends so they're not overpaying. But yeah, gaming. Has been that is my biggest geekiest thing. Where every single day, I'm 42 years old. I, I work with a right a lot. I mean, I've, I've got a manual job, so I'd like I work with loads of like big hefty rugby players, head cases. I mean, I'm a I'm a biggest guy. I'm 6'2", but I'm not like I don't renown myself as a tough guy. I'm not like that. But I think when you see me, a lot of people think, oh, it's, you know, like you said, that it's it's more the, the geek stereotype is not who I am. But that's who my whole family are gamers. Mm-hmm. My whole family. Every night, my family we we play FIFA Pro Clubs every single night, and literally all together. Call I mean, there's the cliche stuff like FIFA, Call of Duty. And then I have my own stuff to play. But gaming has been part of our life forever, and it's, it, it won't ever go. And my daughter, well, looking, my wife plays a lot, not as much as as me. We've just completed a game called Immortals: Phoenix Rising. That's come out on the PlayStation. We come out on all the consoles. but the PS5? We finished it on and then my daughter she's just a massive gamer and that is completely my fault you know she's every day so she's 20 so it's like every day she plays fifa with us and that she 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 plays all of the games she's really good at them so yeah it's, it it's an important thing in our family gaming so much so it's, i grew up in a house these nine i'm the oldest of nine kids so it's like I, you know, my youngest sister's 21, you know, she's a year older than my daughter. So it's proper. Uh, yeah. It's, it's very, thing. think, but across the whole family, I think there's only, the only person who doesn't play video games is my mum. And my dad, it's true. Like my me, mum's me 63, my dad's 65 in September. My dad's played Paul. I'm not exaggerating. And he still plays Call of Duty 4 every single day. And he's played it from the 360 when it came out in 2007 to now. So he's played it for nearly 14 years. And he has got hundreds of days racked up playing that game. Because, you know, when you play it, like you play an hour, there's an hour. And then obviously if you play 24 hours, it's a day. He has played hundreds and hundreds of hours of that game. It's ridiculous online. He plays it every day. Nothing else. Any other Call of Duty game comes out, and then we get the rant on Facebook how it's crap and all this. And he just goes back to COD 4. And... We 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 used to, and this is true, if it was coming up to like a summer holiday or Christmas holiday or end whatever it was, my dad would write, This is so bad, because luckily my daughter's twenty now, so I can get away with saying all these stories, but my dad used to write a letter for me, my brother, my best mate, and we would spend three days doing a at the end of term, a three with my dad, a three day tournament on PGA European Tour Golf on the Mega Drive, and he'd write a note for my best mate as if it was his mum and dad and he'd be off school as well, saying we were all sick. And we would just play games day, night. We mate had a, we we decided that my mate kept his SNES. We had a mega drive. So in the day when his mum and dad were out, we played Mario Kart all day. And then w- when they come back from work, we come to ours and we'd play mega drive games. And it was just, yeah, forever, forever and ever gaming. It's, it's alien for a lot of people who think it's quite anal. But but that is my thing. It's it's just I can't explain it like the joy playing video games gives me. A, and I think it's an escapism thing as well. Like if you, you know, have the greatest of upbringing. So I think it's one of them, like the, the gaming was always the, the, the release. Do you know what I mean? Like going off into a fantasy world and just completely forgetting about your surroundings. We always had a games console, which we were so lucky to, and we were not rich. So we were, you know, I, council house we grew up in never had any money but we always had games consoles and we were always ducking and diving trying to save up money from somewhere or someone's birthday was like, it was like it's like a rite of passage if it was your birthday you're buying a game you know it doesn't matter who you was in the family so yeah it's very important to me i mean I, i'm a massive movie fan you know things like that and i did read comics so 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 when I was a kid, like, as I say, we had no money whatsoever. So so we would literally get like 50p a week. And I remember weekly, or, um, I used to buy the Beano and Dandy, not obviously Marvel DC stuff, anything like that. It was always local UK stuff. So I used to buy the Beano and Dandy religiously. And then they used to bring out, the Beano used to bring out like a once a month sort of A5 size sort of paperback book. And it used to, it used to cost like £1.20 and it'd be like, Dennis the menace or the Bash Street kids or whatever. And I used to buy buy it. And I, I really did used to buy them ones. I never I always loved that. Like, I always had like Spider-Man's. You've got pictures of me in my Spider-Man pajamas when I was like four or five years old. I, I loved that. I hated Incredible Hulk. I was petrified of Incredible Hulk as a kid. Honestly, I was petrified of him. I was so scared. Even up to the age of about 12. I was petrified of in Incredible Hulk. And um, so ridiculous now when you look back, but I was so scared when he used to change. I used to like have like proper fits over it, like, I hated it. Um, but so I always, and I, I used to, I used to draw comic, my own comic at school. Like we used to be with a couple of friends. I wasn't, I wasn't a great, I'm okay at caricatures, but I'm not, you know, I like could just cartoon guys, but I'm not talented like that. There was people far talented than me. I could just do enough, but we used to write and make our com make, make comic books. And then, um, in the school, they'd have loads of the Albino and Dandy comics. So they are very UK, as you know, English comics very sort of slapstick when you read them now they are god awful i went back and went to a local comic book store and i bought some wolverine stuff and hulk stuff because dave was like you are gonna start reading you know when we first started doing comics in motion so i was like right right and that was the that was the experiment with the podcast he would make me want to read more and all it ended up doing is make me want to watch more films so so (laughs) because it's just easy it's just being lazy i think so but i did end up buying them and reading them thinking these are goddamn terrible and i actually went back to the era where like 50p a copy, and I bought about 10 copies. And they were, they were going back to when I know I used to read them. And I, I actually got some by chance that I knew I'd read because I'd read them religiously. I was like, oh, I've read this. I've read this story. These, and I used to read one, one called R. Woolly or The Bruins, the Scottish uh, ones. So in the daily record, I mean, I've not got any Scottish family. My, my granddad's Irish, but not Scottish. But my mum, for some reason, used to buy the day Is it the, the Sunday Record or something like that? Or the Sunday people was a scottish one and it was um just a comic strip a bit like um handicap and it was the broons were a family and there was like about 10 of them like a grandad, a dad a bit, a bit like i suppose it was a bit like the simpsons they were all like different brothers and sisters and they all lived in one house and then our Wally was a young lad who was a bit like dennis the menace but he was like a scottish version and uh and for some reason i used to every christmas he's always one the, the annual, the the actual hardback annual of every comic strip that's been on from daily for the year, and it all bred into one different story. So, so I've still got them upstairs. I've still got them, them them books upstairs. But that's where, for me, that stopped, as in geek culture. So I was up to say ten, eleven comics were there. But but gaming has been from. Gosh, I used to play the old, my me, me nan used to have the the, the Pong thing, you know, they used, to tw- used to I'm doing the hand motion that like you can see, but you used to twist twist the thing and it'd go up and down, would it, like that, with the ball and make that daft noise. And you'd, if you had a black and white TV, you'd have to like try and find the channel and all that. But then we ended up with, um, we'd had a second-hand Atari 2600 in about 1984, 85, so it was like six, seven and I remember having Star Wars, Crystal Cape, Crystal Castles, uh, Popeye, and that's where it started. The gaming started, and the first console we ever got bought was 1987. Christmas was a Master System. This is how geeky and sad I am. Is I remember that we got a Master System, two control pads, Kung Fu Kid, World Grand Prix, and Great Golf. Great Golf was for me, Dad, and we used to play. It. And I've actually got to my left a copy of World Grand Prix which I bought. I still need to get Kung Fu Kid and um, Great Golf on the Master System because so they, were, they were the first ever games we ever had, uh, but we'd ever bought for ourselves properly. So yeah, it's like a proper, so I'd say 85 to 87 is when I got into gaming properly. because Because we didn't have anything and it was always like, that was like such a big thing. Like, 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 we never had anything, but my dad would just randomly, we'd have no trainers, t shirts, and no great new clothes, but he would just randomly go and, and buy a ridiculous games console or something, which looking back was probably stupid. But obviously, for me now, it's like, I'm so glad he did. But we, we never realized because I think it was escapism. I think we just happened to have that many kids put me in front of a telly. Probably ahead of the time. We 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 were probably like the kids are now, where they just sit in front of the TV and just game. And we were we were big Sega fans, so we had a Master System and a Mega Drive. We never had a NES. We did get a SNES, but not when it first came. My best mate had one, so we played on his every day. So we didn't need one. And and I think it was just like we would just sit in our room. And we and I think it was more a safe thing as well. We we grew up in the middle of Old Trafford in, in Manchester. So It wasn't exactly the best place. It not now at times. So. I think it was just they knew where we were. We'd play football and do all that sort of stuff in the day, but at night, my mum and dad knew where we were. If it, You know, and if it was raining, it was an excuse to game all day. So I, th- I think, I think that's what it is. It was just something that it was convenient to throw us out of the way. We were happy. They were happy. And, and uh, it grew from there. But yeah, they, 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 and my friends were, but a lot of my friends who we grew up with gaming don't game now. I'm like, I am like the anomaly really. I know a few of them have got kids and that now. So the, you know, they know a bit about Fortnite and, and things like that, but I'm the go-to guy for everybody usually if they need some gaming information, wake you by this console from Wake it Because honestly, last September when they released the PS5 pre-orders, I said to every single person on my social media, my friends, if you want this console, especially with lockdown, get your pre-orders in. Did anybody listen? No. And every single person since then has been messaging me. Who who were who told and because the kids wanted, to, you know, someone messaged me three days before Christmas. Any news on PS5s, mate? I'm like, are you actually? I said you got more chance of the, uh, the genie granting your three wishes to get one than, than getting one, you know. And so, so I've, <laughs> I, you know, it just stuff things that. But yeah, it, it's I can't explain why why it means so much to me. But I think it's just that, it's that escapism. I think more than anything. I think that's probably why. It, it, Resonates so well with me because, like I say, and it's not been thingy, but we didn't have a great upbringing. So I think it's like that was our escape from everything. So yeah, it meant you meet, mean, and, it, and it's nice because I know the world's gone crazy and like online is this online that, but there's nothing better than sitting there with your brother, beating him, him beating you, and you having a scrap after it because he he got beat on a game. And my brother was notorious, he had a bad temper with him. He used to throw the control pad across the room, but it's not like these days because they were attached by a wire. So the the consoles used to get launched across the room as well. So I've had many a brawl over him damaging our consoles and that. (laughs) I mean, I've got some great stories. Like there was a a shop where we live in Manchester called The Exchange. And this guy was an absolute... uh, con man completely he's he's obviously loaded very clever businessman and what you used to do is you could go with your old games but you had to take two games in a bit like what game do really now but he was ahead of the curve he was a local shop and and he used to go in and he would have mega drive games and you'd be like oh my God, you know, and it was never new ones. It was always a couple of months old, but ones that you wanted. And you would give up two of your games plus a bit of cash. Well, obviously he's a businessman, he's got to make money, but he was like, Well, look, that nice I think I've given up. And then we go in with consoles and try and swap consoles and different things. And what we used to is we used to we couldn't afford to get the bus. So we used to have to cycle and it's near where I live now, funny enough. It's about three or four miles away from where I lived as a kid. But when you were like 10, 11, we used to have to cycle for ages to go and get like these games at this shop. He was, not, oh, he was a right bastard, you know, absolute bar with this guy. But it was, it was. when I look back now, we always go back, I always go past that shop, all of us, my brothers and everything, and we're always like that guy. Because he, he stands in the late 80s. There was a guy, a character called Eddie Royal, who Ross Kemp's uh, character, Grant Mitchell, obviously Levered, in a, in a scrappy. He used to run the Queen bit. And this guy looked like Eddie Royal. So we used to we christened him Eddie Royal. So everyone, our friends used to go in because he looked like it, his character. We spend, go, we're going to do a change, change to see Eddie Royal. And uh, well, I got in trouble so many times for trading the wrong games. And my dad used to go mad because he games, like say so he gamed even then. And we'd trade in a golf game or we'd trade something in it and he would And then we'd have to cycle all the way back and plead with this guy to get our game. Oh, it was terrible, terrible. with lockdown and what happened last year and I mean I did do so about three or four months ago when the, the consoles first come out I, had, I did through McMillan a 24-hour game streaming which for me was I lasted 22 hours and then I, I, I by three in the morning I had to stay up so I was like I can't do it. I'm so tired because I get up every day at like quarter to four four o'clock for work and I'm like I couldn't do it and I had not prepared. Dave was laughing saying, you know not I mean? You're just going to just go for it, aren't you? Not like prepared. I went, no, I'm just going to go for it. Cause that's what I'm like, That impulsive. And just, you know, just like, I can do it and get the And then I got so tired and then they ended up doing like 30 hours streaming in the end because it was like, so um, just normal for me to be able to spend hours and hours gaming. But what for what I would say is the one thing with lockdown, as much as it was fantastic, me and the wife spent so much time together, me and Sam, my daughter, they were furloughed. I was lucky to still be working and I've worked all the way through and they've been in and they're working again now, which is great, but they've been in and out of work for the last year. But gaming has been such, such a, it's, it's the norm anyway, but it's its so important for me now with the online world, we're keeping in touch with my family, friends. It's as important as like WhatsApp groups and text messages because we all play Together, you know, like friends, family, we're all this big group, which is great. And we don't play really with random people. I'll play like certain games, online games, like a game called PUBG, where you just—it's like a battle royale game. I love it. I play it every every day, nearly. But I very rarely play that with people. But all the other stuff I play, and and I think what's been one of the positives. Look, one of the biggest positives for lockdown, industry-wise, the biggest growth industry has been even more than it ever was, and it's bigger than movies now. It's gaming. This last year, they, I mean, they they couldn't, they can't even get enough consoles out because what's happening. is a lockdown and people just scalping them and that, but the actual um, digital sales for gaming, has just far exceeded anything because people are just playing gaming and people were buying consoles. I think the Nintendo switch was by far the best selling console last year because of lockdown and they were like rocking us. uh, You know what? So, um, but yeah, it's been a massive thing for me this year. And it's been the norm, but it's also great because I get to spend more time gaming than I probably ever have for years, really. You know, so yeah, it's, it's been a great experience and one of my, 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 my favorite hobby, really. When you're looking at like how people grow and, and change and stuff, and I get it at work, like the lads at work, like, oh, new computer game coming out now and all this. And I used to take days off. For new games coming out. I've queued up. I'm the guy who queues up at 12 o'clock to buy the consoles, the games. I've been that guy. Yeah, I've been there for years buying the console. I don't, I don't necessarily need to anymore because obviously like a, a few times I'm like, I'm not doing it, but I, for years I was there midnight, couldn't wait. I'd literally go and buy the game or the console and then by like 20 past 12, I'm tucked up in bed, like done. It's just the fact of going to get it and having it, you know, for when I get up, it's ridiculous. It's so, so bizarre. But yeah, I've been to many midnight openings. I've, I I mean, I actually, this is true, this, this is, this is, I actually had this confirmed as well by game. But in 2013, I was the, the first person in the whole of the UK to pre-order the PS4. And, and it was like this big, it was a big mantle that I was like so proud. When I look back now, I'm like, didn't really matter did it chris but at the time it was like yeah and i was i won't mind i was 33 years old i'm 32 whatever it was or 34 so very bizarre but yeah the child in me never goes with gaming i can be dead I, I can be dead serious i'm a maintenance team leader i've got a big i've got a team of 11 guys but you get me talking about gaming i'll seriously i'm pretending to be at work it's all over <laughs> I've worked, I worked for, um, it's a, the biggest advertising company in the UK, JC Deco, um, worked there 16 years, 16 years last week. Before that I'd worked in offices. So from the age of like 16, I wanted to be a fireman and a, or an electrical engineer, went college in electrical engineering. Uh, and I've got a little story about that quickly. I'll tell you, It's with been gaming. I did, my, I did my first year when I left school in electrical engineering, got my MVQ level twos, but I used to have to travel to uh, the other side of Manchester. And Premier Manager was coming out on the Mega Drive and it was the first cartridge on the Mega Drive that actually had a save battery on the inside because I've got the copy. I actually bought a copy of the game in Wales where my brother lives from a a, um, retro gaming shop a couple of years ago. And and I saved up some money. It was 20, I never forget this outside. His game was there, Manchester Arndale, 27 quid. And I bumped off uh, college because I was like, I'm not going to college today. It's Premier Manager because I used to play it on the Mega Drive and the Amiga and stuff like that. And It was the first ever management game to come on the Mega Drive in 1995. I think it was like the November 95, and I bumped off college to get Premier Manager. So I was just like, "But anyway, so I'm, I'm learning these engineering things, it's so important for my career." And I'm like, "Fuck that, we're playing games." And um, so, so I I'd, I'd done that. So I'd, I did that. Free, got my qualification. I ended up working at Manchester Airport worked we there for four years and I wanted to be a fireman because the fireman's job there was just amazing. It was like so interesting. You paid loads of money, but they weren't mm-hmm. taking anyone on. So I was like, right, well, I tell you what, let me try and get a job as an apprentice. They weren't taking apprentices on. So I ended up doing an admin job for like two, four years at the airport, which I didn't really want to do. But luckily I was in ground staff. I was like, I want to use my hands. I want to do something where I'm actively using my hands. I don't want to be, even though I was, even then I was massive into computers and, and technology. I was like, not really into it and i know it's in its infancy then the internet was just about to sort of break through and then um i ended up in 2000 um moved jobs i actually lost my job but there's no way i can even go through that on this story on this podcast because it'll just go on for ages the story it was something ridiculous that i did um and then as i lost it my wife was pregnant with my daughter so i was like oh my god so i got a job local and i ended up being like a purchasing manager by proxy, my boss left, I ended up doing her job. And I was like a buyer then. So I'm very good at, as you can tell, gobbing my mouth, my, my negotiations was my job. So it was all about negotiating with people. And, and I did that for four years, but I was never happy doing it. I never to be in an office. I, I felt cabin fever where I was just sat in an office. And I know that's not for everyone. I've not been disrespectful to people who worked in offices, like whether you do or anybody, but it just wasn't for me. And I was like, I have, I'm gonna, I wanna get out. So basically a friend of mine told me years ago, he he sadly passed away. He's one of my uncle's friends. He said to me, if you ever go for a job and he told me this was about 11 years old, he said, this is where I get the fingers of blagger. You see, he said, if you ever get a job that you want, lie and just tell them you can do it because you've got to then make sure that you can actually uh, do the training. They show you because whatever job you get, someone's got to train you up on it. As long as you're competent, you can do it. So I've always lived by that mantra. So we all, everyone fluffs the CVs and makes sure if, if I see something in a job and I think, you know what, I, I I reckon I can do it. I'll say I can do it. And, and, you know, touch wood, it's never really bit me, but I'm sure at some point you might do. But so I got this job and then at our place where I work now, I was, I wasn't even working with my hands. I say was, was a buyer. I, I, so I basically told a little bit of a white lie and got the job. And then, all I've done for like the 16 years I've been there is um, repair, fix street furniture, like bus shelters, uh, advertising panels, billboards, all that stuff. Well, the billboards a little bit, but mainly, so So it's a manual job. So you're lifting glass all day, heavy stuff. You're repairing stuff. I've got hammer tools, screwdrivers in my hand. You know, I've got loads of skills now uh, digging the flags up and all that. So I've got all that. I've got a very, very practical job. And then about, Four, uh, three years ago, I moved in. Uh, four years ago, I, I became the team leader. Um, so I was in charge of all the guys who I'd worked with for years. Uh, and I'm like, it's 11 of them I'm in charge of. But so I'm, I'm half in the office, half out as well. But I still get to put my eye in and put glass in. And like tomorrow, I'm off to Stoke to see one of the lads. And I'm, I've got quite a lot of freedom, but my job is, re- is manual everything's a manual job, which I always wanted. I've got the calluses all over my hands. And all, but I get ripped at work. I get ripped at work because I'm a, I'm a gaming geek. I get, and I'm not bothered. I always say to them, say, well, I'll tell you what, when you're spending 20, 30 quid, well, used to, because you can't do it at the moment, but you're spending 20, quid, 30 quid on a few, you know, drinks. And I don't mind having a drink on a Friday night. I said, you're spending money on fags and all that stuff. I'm buying a computer game that's you know that I'm happy with. So what's what's your problem? You spend your money how you want. It's, it's only like do you sit there all night and they go, can't believe you sit there all night playing a computer games. I said, but I bet you sit there all night watching Coronation Street and EastEnders with your misses, don't you? And All the other fucking nonsense that's on the telly. So it's 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 comparable. What you do <laughs> staring at a screen is the same as me. It's just that like I'm using my hands. That's it. Uh, you know, it's that's my baby. But yeah, so so top and tail of it is I've had a, a, a manual job for like 16 years now, which is completely the, the, the off, the off I'm covered in tattoos. I don't know where everyone, most people are now, but covered in tattoos and that, you know, it's uh yeah. I, I don't think I'm a stereotype geek until you get talking to me. And then it's like, oh, he's a geek. Yeah. <laughs> I train every day. I do. I do. I'm a qualified personal trainer. So, so uh, I was always, I was always big when I was a kid. I um, always struggling with my weight and stuff like that. And um, always trained. I've trained since I was like 10, 11 years old to try and like lose the weight and that. And then I've I've gone through some like proper body transformations where um, I've been absolutely sh- shredded and did a photo shoot, which was the best I've ever looked in 2013 ever. And all did it naturally. There was no supplements because most people don't get ripped unless you're taking supplements. No matter what anybody, if you think, and I love The Rock, if you think The Rock's doing that naturally, then you need to have a serious look at yourself in the mirror so uh you know what i mean and i love the rock and i love i'm a big, I'm a big wrestling fan actually we'll get into that as well that's one of my things wrestling is, is a massive thing with me so as well there's a wrestler called diamond dallas page he does his yoga doesn't he that's what i do so, so i've done his yoga now for six years and i was gonna tr- I, I had um just before lockdown last year i had an operation on my shoulder my bicep reattached because I've had so many problems with it because of my job, because of lifting ridiculously heavy pieces of glass and all that and, and equipment. And then because of the training, so I had to have it just as we were in lockdown. I was in lockdown for six weeks in a sling. It was ridiculous. I couldn't do anything, train properly. But I've done DDP yoga for six years, so much so that before my shoulder started playing up about two years ago, I was going to pay to become an instructor with his yoga because I believe in it that much. I do it every day. I've got the DDP map behind me. And I vowed this year that there will not be one day that I don't do DDP yoga on top of my training. So I used to do it like, I used to do it about four times a week. Then it was like, I'd do seven and I'd do like a hundred days in a row and then I'd stop. And then I'm like, no, I'm vowing, I'm doing 365 days. The streak's living on. I'm, I'm running at about 90 something, no, about 80 odd days at the moment, something like that. But uh, even if it's 10 minutes, some are half an hour session, some are 10, 20 minutes. Because I, I want to, I want to do that instructor thing, but I'm a PT from home. So, so I, I've stopped doing it now really, but I did that about five years ago, got qualified. And I was just training people out of my house. I've got a big cabin that I had built. I built it, all the weights in there, everything, but I've just stopped doing it now. Cause it, not just cause a lockdown, it just got a bit disheartened because people were like paying me and not turning up. And I was, I was saying to him like, I'm not like the normal PT would say, because I've got a full time job. I'm not like a normal PT would say to you, right, if you don't turn up, you've lost your session, which I should do to make them accountable. I'd be like, you'll never lose your sessions, thinking that if they missed a week or two weeks, they'd be back. Yeah, these two women, eight, eight, Dave laughs so up his head off about this, the worst businessman ever. These eight sessions lasted 15 months for these two women, 15 months. And it was like, what is going on? So, so I've done that for years training is so important to me. So, so that's where I think the stereotype of not, of a geek that you're saying I am a geek, but I'm an absolute fitness nut. Like I've, I've I'm, I've never been ripped up or anything. I've always took them weight. I put a bit of weight on in this last year and the last four or five weeks I've, I've dropped. I don't think I've dropped a stone yet, but I'm really dialing it in. I just got to practice what you preach. But yeah, so, so I suppose geek culture. I know everyone gets fit and we do walks and that, but I'm a proper like training. I've got a proper gym there, Olympic weight gym and everything. I bought a brand new multi-gym at Christmas. And, and I'm not like some Arnie guy. I'm not like that, but it's just, that is my thing is gaming. Gaming probably is my biggest thing, but training is my mental health thing. That, that has to be done every day. Something's got to be done with my training. Honestly, if I've got a stiff back or anything, I just need to do that straight away and I'm fine. And I do it every morning, usually when I get up for 15, 20, half an hour sometimes. But I have a schedule. I'm, yeah, I'm, this is when my OCD kicks in. You know, I'm so bad when it comes to training and just being, I know we all have it, but, you know, just being so, my training is, is just like the thing. It grounds me all day that I have to train, yeah. I've had to come to terms over the last few years. I always used to say about my wife, because my wife, like, she's so greater like you know the house is our house is immaculate you know like it's like a show house at times and it's so clean and it's so great because i grew up in a house that was just organized chaos so it wasn't even organized it was just a mess the house was just a disgrace and i got my mom's even now like some of my brothers and sisters to live at home and i'm like how the hell did i live in, in this you know this this surroundings but but you, you learn but i always have said that my wife was the ocd one and she's not i am the ocd one so if i get up Every day, and it sounds so ridiculous. I have to have my porridge. It don't matter. I don't have it at a set time usually, but I have a massive porridge. So I never hate it as a kid. But like that's my porridge protein, blueberries. It's got to be done. If if I, and if I'm at work, which you haven't been, I've been in and out of like the offices because I can work from home. If I'm in work and someone starts talking to me when I my porridge, I'm one of the most mild mannered, plastic people. But you start pissing me about when I'm eating my porridge. I'm like. Get the fuck away from me now. I'm not interested. Give me two minutes. I've sat and listened to your nonsense for ages. You know, the lad's saying, can you get me this? So I'm like, I don't care. And I'll proper, like, stamp me football. So I do stuff like that. I, I, I know, I, like, I'll I, I tell you what my OCD thing is. Say you say to me, Chris, I need you. Essentially, you can pick me up at seven o'clock. I would, air uh, course, seven. Like, with, without fail, everyone, it's my big thing. I hate people being late and I... I am never, ever late. And if I'm late, I've done it before, where if I've been 15, 20 minutes late and I know I'm going to be late for work, I've rang in and said, I'm not coming in today. That's terrible. But you only realize, yeah, as you get, I don't, I'm not like that every day. You know, as I got older, I'm like, I've done that because I don't want people thinking that you're unreliable and that's, I'd rather ring in sick or say, I want a day's older. You know, it's so pathetic. Completing things, that's one of my failings. So I'm the guy who starts something And very rarely finish it. So, so I have got a fountain of knowledge of jacket tray, anything that I don't know, I'll research it and I'll go all in on it. And I go absolutely all in on it. You know what I mean? Like, like if you said to me, right, Chris, can you learn to bunny up on a bike or whatever? And I go, no, and then I would literally buy. I'm, I'm so, bad. I would buy the bike. I'd buy the best bike out there. I'd, I'd get the best training thing. I'd buy that, you know, buy all the gear. I have no idea. That is me. And and like I did, I did MMA a few. I'm a massive UFC fan. Watched UFC since the '90s, which was segwayed off from the wrestling. And I did MMA about three years ago, and I trained four, five times a week obsessively to the point where I thought I'm going to have an amateur fight. I'm not a tough guy. I'm not a fighter. I've never, you know, we grew up in a tough place where you could look after yourself, but I'm not, when you've come up against a professional or somebody who's a semi-professional fighter, you're getting your ass kicked. And I was getting my ass kicked by 16, 17 year old lads, girls, levered. but I've become so obsessed with wanting to understand what it was like to be in there. Cause I watched the UFC every week and, and I listened to all the podcasts and everything that I was, you know, when you just get so obsessed with someone, I was like, I've got to understand what they go through. And uh, yeah, I learned the hard way. Hence, probably one of the reasons why I've said about my shoulder. It's probably one of the reasons why that happened as well. But, and then all of a sudden, I just stopped. The, the, me and the trainer, had sort of a, a bit of a disagreement. Um, and I lost all respect for him and it was something he did. And I was like, I don't want to come in. And I just do that. And I just stopped dead. And it's weird, Paul, because you're right, people can, compl- I'm not like that. Like me and Dave, if me and Dave weren't together, I always laugh about this. We would have. I would have about 200 podcasts if Dave wasn't with me. We've got enough as it is, but literally, he—he's the guy. D- Dave always says this. Dave's. I'm the guy. If you said to me, and he, if he says to me, I've got an idea for a podcast. This is no word of a lie. Within an hour, two hours, we'd have a name. We'd have a, a page set up with the, with the RSS feed. We'd have a logo. We'd have a fucking jingle. I'd have it all set up within the hour. Like I'd be on Fiverr straight away at what a logo and all. I, I am all in on Summit. But then Dave's the guy, he'd spend four weeks procrastinating over it. So he always says we're somewhere in the middle. I'm the one who says, let's just do it and not think about any consequence, no planning, no nothing. <laughs> and I think that is one of my biggest failings is I, st- I start a lot of things, but there's not many things that I see through. Even... Computer games. I've just completed Uncharted 4, finally, after five years yesterday. And I've completed uh, the Spider Man series, which was amazing on the PlayStation 5, the, the remaster one that was out a few years ago in the Miles Morales game. There's not many games I can wholeheartedly put my say to you that I have completed over the years because I'm a massive online gamer now, but I just lose interest. When it used to get to a hard bit, I just. Go, I'm not doing it again. And, and, and it's so bizarre. As I've got older, I've become more patient and I will persist. But when I was a kid, I'd just have no interest. But I would start everything and never finish it. I was, I'm notorious for that. It's such a bad uh, trait, I think, at times. It's probably an inherent thing. You know, like a, I was always all right at school. Like, you know, in my, my exams and stuff, I did quite well. But it, it it was always one of them things where I never prepare properly. Like I, I am the guy who will just say straight to your face, let's just blag it. If I'm going into a meeting that could decide me getting a managing director's job, I, I mean, I had, a meet, I had an interview the other week for something internally at work and I did prepare for that. It's probably the only interview in my whole life because usually, because um, I was a negotiator and usually it's all about who blinks first and just showing confidence, even if you're talking utter shit, it's just showing confidence and 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 you... I was taught as part of my job is you have to con- like you're almost a salesman when you're a buyer, so you have to convince them, as they have to convince you. And and that was always my, that's my strength is with people. So I I've been so many interviews where I've just gone in there not having a clue about the company anything and just blagged it. So bad this, but I used to go in restaurants. This went on for years. This and I haven't done it for the last three or four years because I sort of was like it's not fair. I went into restaurants and got free meals for years for me and my family for years. Yeah, you know, just going in saying, "Oh, I was here the other week. The food's bad." And they're like, "Oh, I don't remember." Yeah, coming on a Saturday it was busy, and I could go to McDonald's and get free food without even trying. I've done that at the Trafford Centre, Manchester for years, for years. With KFC, yeah, it, it was like my party trick. You'd just say to me, "Chris, come get some Nando's," and I'd just go and just go and get a Nando's without even just go and speak to the manager, they don't kick off, just dead cool. Cause it was a negotiator. I just go in and go, don't want to create a scene. But I came a few weeks, ago to family. The food wasn't up to scratch and they were like, and it's so bad that, because when you look at people who work in retail and and now, as they've got older, I'm like, you're an absolute bastard for doing that. You know, but I never, never blamed anybody. Cause I always think like oh, it's a big business. I wouldn't do it to a small, like one man band thing, but something like pizza or Nando's I'm, and Pessie, Frankie and Benny's I've had hundreds of pounds out of them for blagging it. So so that was my thing, blagging. That that's like the yeah it's it, it's it, I think I find it funny because they always they used to call me that I've never watched a film actually but the one with you know, Leonardo DiCaprio catch me if you can. He ended up flying a plane without having ding it literally that that is me. I have been I so much so so much so a few years ago me and Dave started the podcast right we wanted to to go somewhere with it. We wanted to. We were looking, and we still want to do something like, as in presenter wise, me and Dave. So we're massive football fans. Um, unfortunately, he's a Liverpool fan. I'm a United fan, and I've just seen ticket holder for years at Old Trafford. And me and Dave had this idea: well, let's approach the BBC where I work. Is right next to the new BBC complex in Salford. My my depot is right, literally twenty yards away from where the BBC uh, new place is and ITV. And I just emailed the of the, the TV producers. And this is this was in July 2019. And I emailed the head producer of the BBC to try and get a podcast gig for me and Dave. We had a pitch, we had a footy p- pitch, right? So we had a pitch as um for this show. So I said to myself, I've got this show idea. Can we do it? And they were like, Oh, we've we've heard it all before, it's it's nothing that we haven't got. And then the Peter Crouch thing was he was a football player for liverpool that had taken off and he said there's nothing you can do so i said well i'm into the ufc and boxing like the ufc especially i do my own podcast on the ufc and wrestling are you interested in that no no so then i just said look you have to uh, present us like you know can can we not try out as a as a duo so obviously dave lives 200 miles away from me we lived right near each other for years but we live like, he lives in Bedford. So I was, I was like, how oh, are we going to get away with this? So the, this woman messages me and said, right, can you come over to the BBC on this day at this time? We're going to have um this food laid on and all this. I'm like, what the hell's going on? Like, you know, because I was our booker when we was in the band. I was like our agent. So I was always the one on the phone dealing, booking the gigs. and that. So I'm like, I've, I've proper blagged here. I've done something. I don't know what, I don't, I didn't know what I was walking into. So what I, I get, I, so I, I mean, work. Finish work. I get changed in my van. I put my Adidas trainers on, fucking Primark jeans and a fucking shitty T-shirt. Walk over. Go in there and you've got all these people from the BBC in suits and everything. This is on my daughter's life, pot I am sat at the head table with the head sports programmer for the BBC, right? It's this lady. And there's a, there's a table of about 10 people. There's loads of round tables of different people. ITV are there, Sky. All these people from different production company, independent production companies. And I'm for some reason they sat me right. My name's there, Chris Phelps. I'm sat right next to her and we're just talking. She said, I've moved up from London and I'm I'm in Cholton now. And I said, Oh, I grew up near Cholton all my life. I know where it is. So we were just chatting about life. And she said, Oh, it's great. We don't have to pay as much up here as London and all this. Didn't know who she was, didn't have a clue she was. She was a lovely lady. I'm just chatting away to her. And then he went, Right, can we invite up? I can't remember second name is whatever it's, I think mean, it's Sue or something it was her and she gets up and she does the full speech. And I don't, they'd only got me in there to, you know, the the BBC Sports Personality of the Year. Well, they have it every year in November and they give someone an award, different awards and stuff. And uh, they said, "Use are the guys that we're going to trust to shape and improve and bring it into the 21st century, this show. use are the people we want. To make sports personality of the year better. We don't want it to just be BBC, you know, anti BBC, you know, BBC and all this, like we're classed as anti one thing and all that. And I'm sat there thinking, what the fuck am I sat here for? Where, how the hell have I ended up in this thing? And then then they had like an hour break and went, right, we're going to do networking. So network away make all your content open, make your contact, speak to whoever you want. So I was straight on the, B- the podcasting side of the BBC, chat to all these people, they're like, so who are you with then? And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, comments in motion. Like, you know, comp- like, oh, and something. again, people going, oh, yeah, I've heard of them. I'm thinking, fuck off, you haven't heard of us. <laughs> you know, just they're like blagging me as much as I'm blagging them. And I'm like, thinking, you haven't got a fucking clue who I am because I'm doing the same to you. The food was amazing. The fucking food was out of this world. And I remember message, I think I message Dave going, I ain't got a fucking clue what I'm doing here, mate. We should not be in here. Literally, it was ridiculous. That was the sort of thing. And at the end of it, I got loads of contacts, but it never really, like I had some guys from an eSports channel because he was a guy I'd talk about gaming and they were talking about gaming and they said something, and he says, nobody, know, And I went, oh, I'm a gamer. And, we, and he was like, would you be interested in presenting for the eSports for our channel? And well, it never went anywhere. You know, like one of these, I think it just gives the cards out. So they were just probably bluffing it as much as me, but it was like one of them things where, I'd literally stumbled on a film set and they would given me the lead role. I was like, how the hell? And and this table I'm at got a round of applause off everyone else. And I'm sat there thinking, I don't know what I'm doing here. This is nonsense. So yeah, I've bluffed and blagged my way through loads of things like that. Just ridiculous things, you know, that you've not just TV stuff. I've done TV stuff like on uh, Soccer AM. I've been on that twice. Like just as United fans, yeah, United fans of the week. I've just done... So stupid, so stupid, but I love it because it's life experiences that I've, you've just got to do it, haven't you? you got to do it.
0: You talked about the wrestling. When I mean, Have you always been into that? How did you get into that?
1: Well, well I, think, I think the sad thing is, Paul, with the gaming and stuff is it's it's one of them things again, like it isn't as important as game. And certainly, I don't watch it like I used to. I watch a lot of YouTube stuff now. So, so it, because I don't like the wrestling now. It's so bobbins. It's just crap, PG nonsense. But, but when I was a kid, so, so going back to, there used to be a show on ITV, every, F, ITV sport for World of Sport on a Saturday afternoon. And they used to have the English wrestling, which was fucking rubbish with Big Daddy and giant A-stacks and, all these like proper like old blokes who just couldn't move around a wrestling ring. Well, Big Daddy was a joke. Do you ever remember Big Daddy? Yeah, he was a joke. What he, you know, he's a he's a uh, HB Daddy sauce and all that, and he was just a big guy, and his name was Shirley Crabtree. Funny enough, his real name, but he, he was just rubbish, and he used to just like collapse on people, and that was his that was his finishing move. So so he used to watch that, but then World of sport with that Dickie Davis? All of a sudden, used to just start getting two or three minute segments from across in America. And I remember seeing, I'd seen Hulk Hogan, because I, I love Rocky films. So I remember seeing Thunder Lips, And I remember they singing that, and I didn't realise he was called Hulk Hogan. So it was around about 88, 80, no, about eighty-nine, ninety, and And it was like uh, Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage. And you used to see little segments of their matches, but it'd literally be two or three minutes because it was just before Sky bought the WWF riots and stuff. And I used to think, oh my God, this is amazing. And then I, re- I remember us going to a caravan weekend at a friend's caravan and she had, before it was Sky, it was called BSB. And then you had Sky and then BSB got bought out by Sky and it could be Sky B. And she had BSB. And I and I remember watching, and I sat like this on this caravan, watching this American wrestler. I'd never watched a full hour of it. And I'm like, oh, this is amazing. And it wasn't WWF. It was like one of the Southern territories, but it had like the big muscle heads and all that. And, I'm, and I always wanted to be, look like them. I was like, I always wanted to be, um, like, like Arnie or or Hulk Hogan, at the, you know, when I used to see the film Rocky and that. And I remember watching it, being fascinating. And then my dad got Sky. We were one of the, we were so, I'd like to say we didn't have a pot to piss in, Paul. We had no fucking money at all. But my dad went and decided to buy a subscription with Sky when it first came out. And we had like, we had the sports channels because we were all, we're massive United fans. So we, we were, we watched like the football on there. And um got into the wrestling, watching it all on there. And then on one of the German channels used to have all the pay-per-views live because you used to, have to pay from on Sky, but one of the German channels had German commentary, but the American wrestling, the full event live. So we used to record it at midnight. So we'd be like, fuck, you know, fuck you Sky, we're not paying 20 quid. We couldn't afford it anyway. We'd, we'd have all the, the pay-per-views on it in German. And then when I left primary school, which was in 1990, and I went to secondary school, I went to a grammar school, which I fucking hated, an all-boys school. I lasted a year because you couldn't play football. And I used to play fucking rugby. Garbage place, that was. But I probably would have done better in my career, but I hated it. There's no girls there, nothing. I hated it. And um, there was the top Trumps, WWF, top Trumps, and Hulk Hogan and I'm not were the ultimate ones. They were like 99, all of them. So I had them, and I actually had Marvel ones. So that's how I... I it's so bizarre because went into the comics, but I had... WWF ones with Hulk Hogan, Match Oman, and stuff, but Warrior. They had Marvel ones with like Spider Man 4, Gal- is it Galactus and stuff? Like Galactus was like 60 feet high and all this. And and I, I didn't know, I knew Spider Man and, you know, and like them, Iron Man and that, but I didn't. So I had these top trumps. And then one of my friends gave me a, a VHS from, he gave it me in 91, and it was from nine, the VHS was from WrestleMania uh, 6. And then he gave me, so, you know, he gave it me at the end of 91. So he'd given me Royal Rumble 91, which is from the January. And then he gave me WrestleMania 7 from the April. And I'd, and he would run two VHSs and he went, watch these. I've got these off one of my friends who, who paid for it off Sky. And you used to be able to record them on the, on the box office. And I fell in love with it. I fell in love with like Hulk Hogan, the Ultimate Warrior. Um, and at the same time, my granddad won a competition at the local video shop and he got, a VHS for free every night for a year at the local video shop. I never forget, it was called Titles in Old Trafford. It was a massive video shop. And he got bored of it. My nan and granddad got bored after about three months of it. So it was about 92 this. And they just gave me the car. Everyone in the family had had a go. Everyone was like, I can't watch a film every night. And so I used to walk a mile to the video shop. She was near me Nanna's. So I was about a mile away from me nan. So we used to walk from Old Trafford. Metrolink, walk all the way up the road because I couldn't, I couldn't afford to get on the train or the Metrolink then. go And get, and it was always a wrestling VHS. So they had all the VHSs. So I, I started with like WrestleMania 1, 2, 3, all the Summer Slams. Oh, and I went through everyone they had in the video shop, which and I, I used to just keep renting them. And I did this religiously for like three or four. Even I got bored, I think, in the end because I couldn't rent any. And it was only like 11 or something or 12. And I couldn't get anything more than a PG out. So it was always the wrestling because that was always PG. And then it just went from there and the wrestling stayed with me like um all the way through that's how i passed over to the usc because ken shamrock was was in the wwf but he was a proper legit UFC heavyweight champion and I, I, so they went side by side but the wrestling that like the whole stone cold rock era and everything that was when my daughter was born so she was born in 2000 so i well, before she was born, actually, we I mean, we used to come around, my brother-in-law, and, and we used to, I used to smoke weed then, sadly, but we we used to get some wacky-backy, and we'd sit there on a Friday, and we'd have a, a load of cider, smoking weed, and we'd just sit watching the wrestling, The Rock, Austin, Triple H, and then she was born, Jordan was born, and every night up till she was about five. We used to, when she was like a toddler, we used to have an hour when it's coming from work and we just wrestle. I put the A-team on, we'd watch the A-team and she would just kick the shit out of me. But when she started getting to seven, eight years old, her Ray Mysterio finishing move, which is where she used to jump off the chair, and land to, footed onto my stomach, fucking hurt. So I was like, no, we're not doing that anymore. So we used to wrestle all the time. And we used to drive my wife mad. These videos of me fighting with her and everything. So she even became a tomboy because of me, because she's into football, Played. she played for United, and I think she's a great footballer, my daughter. But she don't play now, which is such a good... My sister played for City and United and still plays in Canada. So the, the girls are better than the lads in our family at football, which even though we played every day, they had the proper talent. To elevate themselves to a different level, but we never did, sadly. We were just fair weather footballers. But yeah, so so the wrestling's just been there. And I, I still to this day I watch stuff on YouTube all the time on wrestling. The old but the old stuff, I don't like any of the new stuff. And and that I think again, I'll tell you why, because I love superhero movies, that's why I like wrestling. There's the, the, the I love a comeback in a movie. So Superman 2 is my favorite superhero movie ever um the Richard Lester one, not the I know the old one, uh, the, the Leicester one. And it was got Richard Donner and all that. Because it's the redemption of him losing his powers and coming back. I love that in a movie. I love it when when a, a superhero's on his ass, he's about to get levered, and then like that's why I always like Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior. Cause Hogan would play dead literally and then all of a sudden he'd be like the big finger would come out and he'd be there superhuman. He took an ass kicking for 10 minutes. The next minute he just destroys so all the warriors the same. I always loved them, that story of the wrestling. And all my friends said, if even now, even the latter will take the piss. My gamer tag since 2005, on every I mean it was originally on Xbox Live, but it still is on Xbox. But Xbox PlayStation is Hulkmany 78. The year I was born, Hulkermany 78. My favorite wrestler ever is Stone Cold Steve Austin, but I couldn't use Stone Cold. At the time, so I went with Hulk Hogan. I couldn't use up my warrior because I love warrior better than Hogan when I was a kid. But, um, yeah, but my favorites are Stone Cold, Ric Flair, uh, Hogan, Warrior, um, probably Shawn Michaels, and that, but, but it that's why, and even we play FIFA, my brothers and that now all just call me Hoagie, as in Hulk Hogan, because my character was Hulk Hogan in pro clubs, and everyone in my family calls me Hoagie now. This escapism of the superheroes, the larger than life. Big gearhead. So I started training when I was fifteen in the gym. I wanted to be that Hulk Hogan. I wanted to be the monster with the big arms, legs, everything. Little did I know, though, you can't get like that naturally. So I, I am a big-ish guy. I am about I'm about sixteen stone. I'm a big guy, but I am not a Hulk Hogan by any stretch of the imagination. And I it, it dawned on me when I was about twenty twenty odd that was like, if I want to get like that, same vitamins, eat my vitamins, and say my prayers you've got to basically do it illegally, sadly. So, yeah, I've never done that, but it was always a, a goal to be that monster, you know, like that big gym freak monster that nobody wanted to mess with. So, And I couldn't turn around to you and say that I was uh, at school. I was always one of the tallest lads, so I was very lucky. that I wasn't really... It's probably the wrong thing to say. You probably was bullied at some point, but I never was physically bullied, if that makes sense. I'm sure mentally I was. There was always people riding you always was for all of us i'm sure you were the same we all had horrible people in our lives but i was always i always got away with the physical stuff because i was always bigger than most of the people in my year but i always one of them things that and i'm not a fighter like I say, i'm not i did mma for three years so there's no way i was a fighter i'd probably get my ass kicked but the wrestling was a massive thing and i wanted to be a wrestler at one point i actually wanted to train to become a wrestler and do wrestling so much so uh, and you know Scott Weverly, good old Scott from 20th Century Geek. Scott was a proper wrestler and he is a proper wrestler. Oh yeah, he did it for a long time. His character was John Bull. So much so that before lockdown, me and Scott started our little plan because he was going to wrestle me in a proper wrestling match. He'd have to train. You know, I'd have to go train somewhere. 40, 40, I mean, I'm 42 now, but like 40, I was 41. And I'm like, I'll do it. I'm fit, still fit. I want to do, I've do. i always wanted to do a wrestling match, always properly wanted to do a wrestling match. So I was like, I'll do it. So we started doing stupid promos at each other. It was all a work because we were good mates me and Scott. And I'm like, he's going to kick my fucking ass in this because it hurts. I've trained a little bit in the wrestling. I know how to fall and how you, you land on your elbows and all that. This, this way, because I did that when I did the MMA for the judo training and all that. And, and, I know it's hard work. I know it's... Everyone's like, oh, it's fake. It's like, it ain't fake when you're falling on your pissing head and stuff. So, so me and Scott, we will be having a wrestling match when everything opens up at some point. He's, but he's going to kick my ass. Dave's dying to, Dave is dying to see it. He's going to be pissing himself because he's like, I can't wait for this. But little does Dave know that Dave could be my manager. And when you get a manager, that usually means they get a good chewing as well. So hopefully Scott will give him a good kicking as well at the same time. But yeah, he thinks it's hilarious that I'm going to get myself battered by Scott. <laughs> it's one of them, like, you've ever going to grow up? And I'm like, no, why should I? I, I like my life. I, I enjoy what I do. This is my hobby. You might read a book. I play a game. There's no different. You know, I've, I've picked up the guitar again. We, me and Dave were in the band for so many years. And that's why I became the singer because I was a failed guitarist. It was just too lazy to put proper time in practicing. So so people do judge me, but then, like I said earlier, when they need my help, when the son or the daughter needs a console or they want some advice on a game, because I, every single, when I finish here, I'll do the same before I go to bed. It's, I'll spend 10 minutes going through every gaming site on Twitter, all the gaming people I follow, any news is broke things that are not even interesting to me that I probably won't even play. I'm so excited when I get like breaking gaming news. Every year I watch E3, which won't be on this year sadly because of COVID, it wasn't on last year, where they go to um, LA and all the latest games come on and every, like Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, they have a game show and they've, it's on for two hours and they talk about all the new games are coming up, all the like breaking news. That is me. I sit there, I'll one of my younger brothers will watch it with me because he is a big gamer, but you don't get the time now one of my friends and we might have a watch party and just the three of us do it. Cause I did it. I actually had a gaming podcast before we did uh, me and Dave did comedy motion. So I, I had a fitness one to start with just for like training people and trying to help people make themselves better about themselves and, 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 you know, not to be judged and stuff because, you know, that's how I did the training. I was trying to help people who have problems with mental health and that. So they were, they were intimidated going to a gym. So I, I built my own gym where they just come and train me one-to-one. There was no, Judging or anything, because it is intimidating when you've got some big gear head in the gym. And that's what I did. And that that was my thing. And I did that. And um, I did that, but then it segued into one called The Contextual Podcast, which was for my love of, originally, Pro Evolution Soccer on the PlayStation 2. So it it was talking about that. And then I, I built my own website, The Contextual World. So contextual in gaming is so important. So it looks like it's real and all that stuff. So I called it Contextual Podcast, Contextual World. And I built my own website. And uh, it's not there now anymore, sadly, but it was something where I, I started reviewing games and stuff. And, and I still get now, I still get copies of games of people and, and like free copies of stuff and that because I had so many contacts within game. Because ultimately, and this is God's his truth, ultimately, I, th- I mean, he's always, I always say to people, what do you want to do? Like, you know, I want a podcast as a full time living now because I can't sing anymore like I used to. I wasn't a great singer, I'd not really got the, the passion to go out gigging like we used to. I've not done that for 10 years. If I can't podcast, then I would love to work for Sony or Microsoft. I would love to work within PlayStation. Well, more X, I'm more of an Xbox fan these days than PlayStation, but uh, I would either of them, or even Nintendo, but I would love to do that as a a job. It just be, it'd probably be the worst job in the world. It'd just ruin every illusion. Like they say, don't ever meet your heroes, kids, because they're fucking horrible. Um, But yeah, I would love to to do something like that. I think.
0: Well, more and more of these gaming news websites are getting their own podcast. Maybe you should blag your way onto one of them.
1: <laughs> I have blagged my way on a few as a guest, but uh, <laughs> never, never, never like a full time thing. But yeah, it, it's something that I would love to do. And probably time's going against me now because you've got to be hip and cool, and I'm bloody early forties now, so. I'd be like the old guy in the corner probably. But yeah, it's definitely something I'd love to do. I think for a lot of people, and not, and I would never offend anybody because your hobby is your hobby. It doesn't matter to me what you do. If, you, if you've if you got something that makes you happy and at the end of a stressful day or you're going through some trauma in your life, we all have our go-to things that ground us whether, like I said, about training and stuff like that, it's either training for me or gaming. And, and they are the two things. No matter what life crisis I'm going through, I can always go and just go, you know what? I can spend 15 minutes on Grand Theft Auto, kicking the shit out of everyone, and then feel better. Or I can go in the gym and, and do some weights or go on the bike and you know do something, put a film on on Netflix, something that takes your way. What I like about gaming, and if anyone's like training, is you can have the shittiest thing. You can have the most important thing going on at work that you are panicking about how am I going to get out of this? I'm in trouble. I've done this or how am I going to deliver whatever I've got to deliver. And then all of a sudden I'll go, you know what? Fuck that. I'm doing yoga. I'd rather concentrate on myself. I'd rather be more interested. I'm more interested. I mean, to be honest, I'll be honest with you. I'm more interested in actually holding a yoga pose or doing a certain press up a certain way or, or completing a game than I am about work. Work is just something that I do. Keep a house over my head, my wife, my daughter, keep us happy, we want to go on holiday, we want to do different things. That's why I go to work. I don't give a fuck about work, to be honest. Work is, from the minute I started work at 16, I hate every minute of working. And all I want to do is stay at home, game, train, Repeat, go on holiday. I, I mean, I'm a massive fan of Las Vegas, actually, which I'm not even talked about, but my whole room behind me is full of Las Vegas stuff. I got a tattoo at Chris, just for Christmas Vegas on my arm here. I love Las Vegas. That is like, That is my place. I'm supposed to be going this year. My daughter's 21st, so we're supposed to be going again. I love that place. That is just, oh, that is my utopia. I've got a YouTube channel where I vlog. So I vlog all my holidays. Phelps Travel Vlogs it is. And I vlog everything since 2018. And Vegas, we went in the November 2018 from my 40th. So I'd been in 2012 and 2013, and I've wanted to go every year. And we took Jordan in 2018, but it was pretty crap because she just turned into an adult and she couldn't drink in that. So we sort of knocked her back, which was shit. But then um, i mean all the Vegas groups online and everything as well. So um, I, I'm... In with all of not in with him, like but I know all the vloggers, who, all the UK vloggers, and some of the American ones. And every day when I'm in the gym, that's what I do. If I'm not watching gaming stuff or podcasts, podcasts about gaming or like our podcast, uh, I'm watching Vegas vlogs. I love Las Vegas. So, so um, there are other things that I do. I'm, I'm terrible, man. I should say I've got so many things going on, Paul. It's like it's ridiculous when I'm when I'm talking about it. And I'm like, you have a sounding like such a pretentious head. People are like, but well, a lot of people say, how the hell? Do you do all this in one day? Because I've got so many things that I'm interested in that has to keep my attention. And and the, the YouTube stuff, especially, I do it all the time, the videos. Every time we go away, I'm vlogging, drive Samad. She's like, you're just such an idiot because it's like, we're on holiday. I'm like, yeah, but you've know, we got to do a vlog. And, and I have people who watch us and that. I love it. I think when someone asks you what you do, I think for me, it's just my hobby. It's It's, it's a hobby. Like my wife likes all the soaps. From the minute she comes in, she'll watch all the soaps. Home and Away, Neighbours, Hollyoaks, EastEnders, I cannot judge her. One, because it helps me get onto the Xbox, because I could just go on there when she's watching it. And then at nine o'clock, we usually reconvene for an hour before I fall asleep. But sometimes I'm asleep for half nine, and tomorrow I've got to be up even earlier. So I know I'll But we'll sit there and watch something together for an hour or before I start gaming, say, half six, seven. And I watch some of the souls, but I'm not into them, and it's usually YouTube and off. So... I will never judge anybody. and But when I get judged myself, that's the first thing I say. Well, why do you sit there for three hours watching nonsense TV about fake people who don't agree? And then I'm going to contradict myself because I'm a massive reality TV fan. And I mean, I watch the Kardashians. I love the Kardashians. I watch all the Housewives shows. That's why we did the reality one. Dave fucking hates him. And he messaged me went, should we do a podcast about reality TV? I went, you don't even like reality TV. but that's the point. And I got him into Love Island. It was originally called the Love Island cast, because I love like Love Island and that. And I said to him, come on then. And we got into it and he loves it now. And me and Dave, like we have a group on Facebook. That podcast is so so not like successful when we can give up work, but it's so successful downloads. We've put no effort into it. And we just sit there for 20 minutes, basically slagging everyone off these reality shows. And we've got a user base in America and everything. It's ridiculous. A listener base. And and I say we say today, say, how the hell have we blagged that? Because it's just us, just being a pair of cocks talking about reality TV, which is fake anyway. It's not even real. Say reality, it's not real. It's all set up. And I'm like, how is this possible? And, and we can't figure it out. We put so much effort into the comics in motion podcast, the VHS strikes back, even the office when we do back to the office. You know, we're all together, and I love it. But it's like it makes no sense whatsoever. That that is the most unprepared podcast and everybody just tunes in it's stupid but we it's, it's somewhat i love reality tv i could watch if you said to me chris there's a 10 part series on netflix you've literally got to get my arm up my back and threaten me with a, a gun or a knife and say you're going to watch it i will not watch it but if you tell me there's two blokes in a shed with a camera on him talking shit for 20 minutes reality tv i am there i am there 100 percent. i have i do not apologize for that one bit you are the um
0: the walking example of people will like what they like. Yes, yes.
1: And, and 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 when the Kardashians are on, I put it on Facebook on purpose, Paul, and I put the trailer up and go, I cannot wait. And all I get is my mate. They probably slag me off more from reality TV watching. And I do it as a joke because I know I'm going to get sick. And they're all like, there's something wrong with you. And, and you're drinking Prosecco as well. I'm like, oh, I don't like beer. I don't like beer at all. First hangover was with beer when I was 16, never drank it since. So I drink Prosecco, Jack Daniels and that, but yeah i get ripped to pieces and i love it i absolutely love it i love it on the podcast when people are ripping me because it's just like i don't take myself seriously i don't care what you think i am me and that's it if you're not unique then what's the point you know what's the point you're only here once mate you've got to be
0: you can hear more from chris on his podcasts comics in Motion. VHS strikes back, Chris and Dave's reality cast, and back to the office. If you'd like to contact him, you can do so on Twitter at ChrisPhelps78. Phelps is P H E L P S. you can also challenge him on any gaming service. His username is Hulkamania78 Geek is a Super dummy production for Fantastic Universes Find out more at fantasticuniverses.com and superdummy.co.uk slash geek You can contact the show on Twitter at Era of Geek or by email geek at superdummy.co.uk You can support the show and Fantastic Universes by joining our Patreon patreon.com slash fantastic universes You've got to
1: get up ridiculously early. So, <laughs> uh, that sounds like a good place to stop. <laughs> oh, Paul, absolute star, man, for having me on. I'm so pleased that we finally spoke properly. And, and you know, it's not through message or anything like that. It. It's such a nice person. And I'm so glad that you've had me on just to talk about everything that I love. It's just great. <laughs> oh, <laughs> really you're good. A flatterer. Thank you so much for doing this. And no, and also, if you do what I say, Paul, that. My episode was the best you've done, especially when Dave came on. I've got no problem with that. If you want to promote me as the best guest you've had on and just tell Dave especially, yeah, and just tell Dave yeah. exactly what yeah, you think. I'll let him know. I've got no problem with that at all. <laughs> <laughs> he hates me, really. <laughs>